0: Archie. Archie's here. Betty's here. Veronica too. And she's here.
1: Hey, Jughead, where are you? We want to dance and we want to sing. Have some fun and go adventuring. All the
0: friends are here, but it ain't complete. We ain't the Archie. Out the beat. Whoa, here. Here. Too. here and go and here
1: okay baby. welcome to the pretty little Riverdale's podcast we have been on hiatus but we are back this is Celine, and I am joined by the lovely Keskily you want to say hey What's up everybody? <laughs> yes and we are we are down a man our brother's comic rep is down for the count. I know I'm going to miss him. I know well he says he's going to be back. He is a busy busy man but we will hopefully try to represent him well today. We'll hold it down. We'll hold it down. You know the women can do it. The women can always do it. So <laughs> We are on Chapter 8 of the Riverdale Saga, and so we are catching up with our lovely teens as they are starting to talk about the problem that is Polly Cooper. (laughs) So Polly is currently living with Veronica and her mom in their pre-war era apartment, and the teens have gathered to discuss what are we going to do to get Polly back at home, to get her family to accept her back. And Veronica decides that the thing to do is to throw a baby shower. Thoughts on the baby shower? Well, I mean, I think it was a
0: good plan. Um, you know, Veronica's really kind of cagey and she's really good at... Um, trying to bring people together in difficult situations we've seen her do that a few times in previous episodes this year um, you know you want to have uh, you want to bring people together in a place where they can't throw punches although that didn't really stop them from draw, uh, throwing uh, verbal punches at each other um, you know as a plan as, as, as far as plans go it, it worked um, it, it Brought Polly together with her, her mom and uh, with the Blossom family, um, but I'm still not sure if it produced exactly what we were hoping for. Because by the end of the episode, we see that instead of Polly moving back home, and I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit, but but by the end of the episode, we we discovered that before, I mean, instead of Polly moving back home, she actually moves in with the Blossoms, which I think is a little frightening. <laughs>
1: I agree. That was, um, uh, it was very Flowers in the Attic. We've <laughs> talked about this imagery before. Um, you know, Veronica is very much a caretaker, mm-hmm. and we keep seeing that from her. And I wonder if it has something to do with her being an only child. We don't oh. know what her friendships were like, you know, wherever it was she previously lived. what Was she in New York? Yeah, she was remember. in New York. I don't remember. So I'm assuming maybe she had some shallow friendships. So maybe this is her first friendship group. Um, so we do see her being the caretaker a lot. Um, the baby shower, I, it made me wonder, does Polly have her own friends? Because, I mean, we saw Valerie. We saw, you know, most of the people we're used to seeing. Um, we also had Grandma Blossom show up.
0: Grandma Rose.
1: And um, what is Mrs. Blossom's first name? I just call her Mrs. Blossom. Penelope. And Penelope show up with Cheryl with the most beautiful baby carriage I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I have to say I loved it because I am an Anglophile. (laughs) Um, So we see Grandma Rose come in and I thought the most interesting part was when she does the ring in front of the belly to determine the sex of the baby and she declares twins and Polly looks surprised mm-hmm. as if she's never gone to the doctor before. So the question is, has has Polly had prenatal care? A, what have a, the sisters been doing?
0: Apparently not. I mean, I guess they've just been sort of, you know, tying her up in the basements and beating her with reeds or something. And, you know, <laughs> her her garden duty, as we saw in previous episodes, is, is like sort of her penance for for being, you know, a bad seed. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a really A bad
1: strange. seed. It was isn't really... That, isn't that a movie too?
0: Bad, it bad is seed. It is. One of my favorite <laughs> movies. Um, but, you know, it's really, really strange. It's like... The the writers or the showrunners I'm not sure if it's that they're just doing this for expediency's sake because it's only a 13 show episode order for this season, but I mean they're just like all kinds of little things where they're trying to move the plot along that don't make any sense. Like Polly obviously has never had any prenatal care, um, and that's kind of disturbing. I'm also really unsure where Polly is in her pregnancy because mm-hmm. from, I mean, I've never had children, so I, but I have friends who have had children, so maybe I'm just, you know, not the right person to talk about this. But it just seems like you have a baby shower late in somebody's pregnancy, like right around the time that they're supposed to deliver. Um, but they're, you know, Polly's belly fluctuated more than Beyonce's did with Blue Ivy so i really hard to it's really hard to know exactly how pregnant she is and if she really is having twins shouldn't she she shouldn't she be bigger than that um, so like I'm not really sure what's going on with like Polly's prenatal care um, and her um, obviously alien demon baby or babies that she's having
1: well as someone who has birthed three children I can speak to some of this <laughs> <laughs> And typically, yeah, you're absolutely right. You do normally have your baby shower closer to the due date because people kind of want to know, what do you still need? You have your baby registry. If you know the sex of the baby, you know, you put that out there. So this is very early, but we know that they are doing this as a ploy. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing with her belly, it is very, um, inconsistent because sometimes it's there, sometimes it's really big, um. It's very unclear, and if you are having twins, you would be much bigger than that. So, we don't know what month it is. We're assuming she got pregnant maybe at the beginning of July, right? So they they were running away July fourth. So if she got pregnant in June, I don't I don't even know how many months they've been in school yet. They haven't done a Christmas
0: episode or anything. So I'm figuring it's probably and they're still kind of talking about football um so mm-hmm. i'm assuming so that they're the like in september or october okay so that so would only that? be three June, months july
1: august september Four so months. she's still in her first trimester Are you're you? like barely showing at this point especially with your first baby and you're a teenager and you're fit yeah <laughs> this is inconsistent we call inconsistent. Maybe this just means there's no female writers on the team. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what that means.
0: But going back to your idea about Polly's friends, I'm wondering if, you know, again, that's another one of those plot holes in addition to, you know, no prenatal care in Riverdale. Um, I don't know if they're just trying to make the, 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 the argument that um, maybe Polly... Lost all of her friends, or her friends that she had distanced themselves from her. Maybe when she started dating Jason, um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, when she was carted away. Um, to the sisters. Um, Maybe her friends just sort of disappeared or dissipated or something like that. But it's another little inconsistency because I, you know, I think Polly's supposedly two years older than Betty um, and having had siblings. um, My my sisters and and my siblings didn't want me hanging around with their friends and I didn't want to hang out with their friends anyway. So it just felt weird that she didn't really have anybody from her own age group, uh, from Mm -hmm. her own peer group. There at the baby shower, and they just didn't bother to explain why.
1: Well, do you think I'm assuming that Cheryl and the Pussycats are a little bit older than Betty and Veronica? Oh, really? maybe I'm okay. off in that. Uh, maybe I'm off because they're supposed to be sophomores, and Cheryl's like the captain of the team of the cheerleaders, and You're that's right. usually not someone that young. And, I, and I was kind of thinking so. that, Yeah, and yeah, and Jason is Polly's age, so. Mm. This is interesting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think we're thinking more than the writers <laughs> want us to think about this. Because we can assume that Polly and Jason were going to be seniors, which would imply that Cheryl is a senior That's true. as well. That's true. So if she's, and I know she's pretty close with Josie and the Pussycat, so maybe they're all a little bit older. So maybe they are truly Polly's um classmates. Okay. That makes so, a little sense. Okay. I think we're thinking too much. Probably so. <laughs> okay. So we had Polly's baby shower. The other plot point that was going on this week was Fred is having some difficulty with his company. We learned, I think it was last week or the week before that he only had three weeks of play of payroll left. Um, he really needed this big so so dale job um that he was able to get handed to him on a plate by his love interest hermione and now he's starting to try to do the job and clifford blossom has basically stolen all of his men away and then archie comes to the rescue with as we are calling them the teen village people (laughs) what do we think about this group of young men and can i first say before we start I was really liking Jughead in this t-shirt with his arms out. I was pleasantly surprised.
0: (laughs) Another inconsistency because at one point I watched the show entirely too closely. Um, At one point (laughs) they they showed a shot of Jughead and Archie um, walking away from, I don't know what they were doing, but it was a farther away shot and then they got a closer to shot of them. Mm -hmm. and, And the farther away shot, Jughead actually looked a little buff. And then in the in the closer upshot between with him and Archie, compared to Archie, he's like a little scrawny dude. But like I was reading somebody's recap. I can't remember whose it was. Uh, I think it might have been um, it might have been like the Mary Sue or somebody. But they were describing uh, Jughead as Jacked. And I was like, honey, that's not what no, that's not what Jack looks like. Bless your heart. But yeah, he's um, you know, he's got that sort of strong, sinewy sort of look like maybe he plays a lot of soccer. I, I but see that I can't even imagine Jughead doing anything physical. So that's why no, so neither. weird.
1: Me. <laughs> it's weird that he has, you know, curves in his arm because the way Jughead is drawn, it's like they draw him with a ruler. He's so skinny. Exactly. He's just so thin in the comics. So that's, you know, I was just surprised that he had any type of curvature to his chest <laughs> and arms. But you're right, next to Archie, he looks Nothing to compare to K.J. Oppo's yeah. body, which they like to play up as much as they can. And by the way, what they were doing was um, wheelbarrowing rocks from one pile to another. Oh, that's it. Okay. Which I can't believe they don't have equipment for this. Makes no sense whatsoever. Well,
0: you know, he, he doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any... He's just, And, you know, I've, after the equipment was all destroyed, I'm getting ahead of myself, I figured that they were going to be doing constructions like the, the Flintstones, uh, like like Fred at the <laughs> quarry. They're going to go find some dinosaurs and, you know, make, make their way somehow.
1: No, instead they found serpents. But... Um... <laughs> But to to talk about this, we have the the group, we have Moose forgets his phone because he's Moose and he goes out and he sees two persons destroying what looks to be a generator. Moose gets beat up, which would never happen in the comics because Moose is Moose. Mm -hmm. And um, we find out that the guys have told Moose that they're going to keep coming back to destroy Whatever progress they make, as long as they are on the construction site, uh, I don't know. This the, the whole plot just was questionable to me. The fact of the matter that they call Sheriff Keller and they don't call the paramedics because it looked like Moose really got beat up.
0: Uh, they had like crowbars and
1: um, yeah, and, and like
0: wire cutters or, or whatever you call those things. The things that like, it was that a you big use. old ranch yeah. or
1: something. <laughs> He had to have like a broken rib or something. Uh, I don't know.
0: I don't, again, they, maybe they just have no budget. Maybe they're just trying to move things along because they, they have a short season order this, this year. So, um, But, you know, I, going back to Archie and uh, his plans for, you know, making everything better. I think they're trying to set Archie up as, instead of Archie being uh, the bumbling ne'er-do-well that we see in the comic, um in a, in a comedic kind of way, they're setting him up mm-hmm. as kind of like the bumbling ne'er-do-well, but in a more dramatic way in the series. So in that respect, I guess they're trying to stay true to the character. But Archie's always in the middle of things and things just kind of happen to Archie. Archie doesn't really make things happen. Um, but, you know, in addition to like they're playing at village people, um, I came up with the, the idea that, um, you know, Archie is basically the, the, the St. Bernard of Riverdale because he's always there when you need him. He's always there uh, in the nick of time when people need help. Uh, but he's also really big and stupid. So, um, you know, I think that that's what they're setting him up as. I don't. I I get that Archie wants to help his father out because his father um, did tell him that, you know, things were a little bit more dire than he's been letting on um, and that the the construction business was all that he had and all that he was capable of doing. Um, And Archie, you know, has seen that his father has lost a lot already because, you know, his mom basically took off. And, um, it's basically just him and Archie. So I get that Archie wants to try to help. And I think that, and I get that Archie really obviously cares about his father a great, great deal. But I just, I, I think Archie just like a typical 15 year old just doesn't quite think things through clearly, thoroughly enough.
1: I am going to stand up for the 15-year-old right now because (laughs) I am a mother of a 14-year-old, and he would have done none of the things that Archie (laughs) did. But my son is extremely logical. But, I mean, I like the analogy of the St. Bernard, although I think it's an insult to the St. Bernard once again. Um, Archie is just so impulsive. He is... I think a very selfish or self-centered person. He's sure. not always thinking about how his actions are going to affect other people. Like we saw that with the talent show with Valerie um, and how he treated her, how he treated Veronica um, in the same episode. It was just all about him. Um, and now we see this with his dad, The dis- you know, this rash decision that it must have been the serpents. Jughead, why aren't you responding to my text? We're going to this bar. I'm going to pick on the first serpent I see that Moose says maybe it was that guy. It's just Archie making decision after decision without thinking things through. Mm-hmm. And then he ends it up by busting into Polly's baby shower and basically confronting Jughead about you know his dad in front of all the people Jughead cares about. You know, not even thinking about how Jughead kept his own secret. And it just came off as extremely selfish Mm -hmm. and self-centered. Like, I don't know why they're still friends with Archie. I don't know either. I really don't.
0: I mean, I guess I mean, I remember when I was a teenager and and we we had that one person in our friend group that nobody liked <laughs> um that you know, but they they served some kind of purpose, even if that purpose was just to talk about that person behind their back when they weren't hanging out with us. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, Archie he has he played he talks a good game. he he tries to demand fealty and demand loyalty from his friends um when you look at how often and how. Uh, how, you know, he tried to get his friends to not talk about Miss Grundy, to not let anybody know what happened with him and Geraldine. But he has absolutely no qualms about busting into a social event that is not mm-hmm. about him, nor is it about Jughead. Uh, and and disclosing something very very sensitive and something that is obviously really painful for Jughead, and that really disappointed me uh, because you know uh, as somebody who who grew up relatively um, poor, I know that there is a lot of shame that can be involved when you are from a family that um, has fallen out of favor not that my family fell out of favor but you're around all of these seemingly normal quote-unquote nuclear families and they all seem to be fine and your family isn't like that Um, and so i would imagine that Jughead had a lot of shame about his family and about his upbringing and you know, especially since his his mom and his sister took off as well, I mean, we don't really understand the circumstances or know anything about the circumstances behind that. And so, for mm-hmm. to see him just—if he's somebody who is his brother, as he said in the bro whisper to Jughead—he's got a really <laughs> crappy way of displaying uh, brotherhood and filial piety. Um, it's just—it was just really, really disturbing. And I'm I, again, since I said that this episode, not a whole lot happened. It really just felt like that they were setting up for the end game of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, It just sort of felt like um, this has the, 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 the pebble has just dropped, dropped into the pond and Mm -hmm. we haven't yet seen the ripple start to, to, to spread out. So I think for him disclosing Archie disclosing this about Jughead has, is going to have some pretty serious repercussions down the line.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things, another theme that you noted was like the parallels, the parallels between what happened in the past between FP and Fred and what we're seeing happening with Jughead and Archie, kind of like we're brothers, we're in this together, but these circumstances, um, happen that pull us apart. So we see, you know, um, the 4th of July, where um, Archie kind of blew off Jughead in his time of need, although he didn't realize that Jughead was in need. Um, The whole thing with Grundy, um, what happened in this last episode with finding out about Jughead's dad being a serpent. And even, you know, I think there's some jealousy with Archie about the Mm. relationship that Jughead has with Betty um, we've seen a few flashes. I think I'm I'm characterizing it as jealousy in Archie's face. You know, this week when they were talking about Polly and Veronica um, called Jughead Betty's boyfriend. And then there was a, a shot to Archie and you kind of see this discomfort on his face. So I think they're also setting us up for some type of jealousy or angst about Jughead dating Betty, which I think. Would be really a cheap trope to go after, especially after what we saw at the beginning of the season when Archie basically told Betty, I'm not interested in you.
0: Yeah, it felt very much like uh, the Dawson's Creek love triangle, (laughs) where um, I know I'm showing my age, but I don't care at this point. Um, But it's very much the way that Dawson and Joey and Pacey were, where they're Mm -hmm. all friends. um, And Dawson had been friends with Joey and had this special relationship with Joey. But at some point or another, he decided that he didn't want Joey where Joey just decided she got tired of being on the, you know, on the the merry-go-round of Dawson's emotions. And she started dating other people. And then all of a sudden he had this interest in her and became kind of really, he became obsessive with Joey and really possessive and just trying to, you know, sort of denigrated um, the relationship that she had that was forming with Pacey at first. Um, The fact that Joey had slept with Pacey when she, Dawson had this belief uh, or he felt entitled to be uh, Joey's first, that sort of thing. So, you know, I've seen this kind of trope before, as you mentioned, but I, you know, and I guess they can't help, but call upon previous shows where, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of love triangle has been explored, uh, but I, you know, seen it so many times, I want to see a different, I even want to not see it at all because I, I believe that, you know, Archie's reaction was, was not just discussed, because of who it was, but it was just like the storyline makes no sense. Um, but it, I, I, if you're going to do that kind of a love triangle, try not to make it be letter for letter, letter, you know, the, the exact same as another seminal teens drama television show. Um, I just don't feel like that they're bringing anything new to this. The only thing that's even slightly new is that they have this the the names of these you know iconic comic characters, but other than that, it's typical and it's not very interesting
1: it it's not and you know i I wish that the writers had shown us Betty and Archie being close friends mm-hmm. because from the beginning, you know it's like you're my best friend, you're my bet, but we never have seen. Archie and Betty spending any significant time with one another doing anything friendlike right just the two of them and it's like i don't it, it doesn't it just doesn't seem genuine to me yeah. at this point it just we've, doesn't
0: we've seen them you know text each other while standing by the open windows between their their houses and that sort of thing but other than that it, it, you know they're they're telling us they're not showing us um, which feels, which again, just sort of makes it really, really difficult as a fan to become invested in either Archie and Betty's relationship or even Archie and not Archie, um, Betty and Jughead's relationship. Because we, we've had very little um, interaction between them that made us believe that any of these pairings, whether romantic or friendship or what have you, um, actually mean anything. And we haven't mm-hmm. had an opportunity to really get on board these various ships that they're trying to sail.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for this ship to sink. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> let's, let's talk more about, um, let's talk a little bit about what we found out this week with um, Alice Cooper in her history with her husband, Betty reveals, um, or Polly reveals to Betty that her dad made her an appointment. We're just going to quote that. Yeah, because you um, can't say
0: the other real, the other a no, word.
1: We can't. We can't be real. That <laughs> might hurt the demographic. I don't know why. Um, so her dad made her an appointment, um, and we see that Alice had no idea that this happened. She confronts Hal about this, and he doesn't deny it. He just bowed right up at Alice and mm-hmm. shocked everyone in America um, and basically said, yeah, I did this. And we find out that this happened as well with Alice. Um, I'm of the thought that she went through with her appointment um, and for some reason they stayed together, got married, and then had these two girls. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I agree
0: with that, because um, I, I just, again, another inconsistency that the show has sort of introduced, either through casting or just not you know, uh, being completely uh, above above board about you know what's actually going on with the characters, I find it really difficult to figure out how old Hal and Alice are supposed to be because it's kind of clear when you look at the actors that they're not in their late thirties; they're probably in their mid forties. They're they're my mm-hmm. age, um, and I know people have babies later than than normal or what is you know considered normal. Um, but you know, if they <sighs> If, even if they got, even if they went through the whole high school pregnancy, um and Alice terminated her pregnancy and still stayed with Hal through college, which they've obviously both gone to college because they're journalists. they're they're both yeah. journalists. Uh, even if they got together after college um, and got married, the kids are still a very strange age. Like you, you know that Polly wasn't the kid who was, uh, you know, going to be aborted, or, or Polly wasn't the kid that was produced um, when you know Hal and Alice found themselves in that situation because the ages just don't match up for that. Mm-hmm. But so I think you're right. I think that they um, they had an incident when they were both a teen when they were both teenagers. Um, Hal's parents probably caught wind of it. Uh, maybe Hal's parents had more means than Betty's parents, or something like that. And so, in order for them to stay together, um, they had to make the problem go to waste, go away, so to speak. Um, although it just it feels it feels disingenuous um, mm-hmm. for somebody to have put um, their girlfriend through making a choice like this. For them to have gotten back together later on, so. I, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting parallel that the show is trying to draw that's uh, about, you know, the sins of the father being passed down to the sins to the son or the daughter, as the case may be. Um, so, I, I, but I still can't quite figure out the timing here. But I think your theory about, you know, Alice and Hal finding themselves, quote unquote, in trouble when they were in high school um, and them deciding to terminate that pregnancy and then they got together later And then the girls were produced is probably the thing that makes the most sense to me.
1: Mm -hmm. But I like what you I like what you said. Like, why would they stay together? I know. Uh, I mean, that's really a tough thing to, to I mean, especially if you're young to just stay with that guy and through all of this, through all of that time and get married and. Then, then I don't know it, it. It's very. I I want more. I want oh. more of the backstory. I'm
0: speaking of backstory, and I just had a thought where, um, you know when Hal and Alice were having their big blowout, and Alice was telling, not really asking, telling Hal to get out of the house. Um, and he she said, "I don't want to have to ask again. You know what I'm capable of." I'm wondering if the reason that they're still together is that they went through something really, really sinister and dark and Mm. because they're the only ones who know about it, they stay together to sort of like hold each other, you know, keep each other in check, keep each other in check. So I'm wondering, you know, uh, part of the thing that really happened in this episode that was interesting to me, even though on the surface, it didn't look like a whole lot happened is that we're starting to get more questions or ask more questions about the relationship of the parents and the kind of history that they have together. And that was a really sly way of introducing, you know, that kind of history that Hal and Alice might have. So Mm -hmm. even if they are not necessarily implicated in what happened to Jason, not directly implicated in what happened to Jason, they've obviously got a history of either, um, I don't know, but if it's actually murdering someone in the past or doing something that's, you know, very close to murder in their past. Um, So they've obviously got a very, very checkered past. And I hope that we'll find out more about that in the coming seasons of the show.
1: I think in that small interaction, they gave us so much into their relationship because from the beginning, it's just seemed like Hal is this hen-pecked man. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't have a backbone. You kind of wonder, why is he still with her? But in this interaction, you see this level of coldness that came from Hal towards her and like this level of almost disdain towards her, you know, when he said, what will people think? Are you sure you want me to leave? People will talk. And, you know, just this really, it didn't feel like there was any love between them. No. At all. And so that question of why would they stay together? I like that. I'm going to go with that theory. Interesting. We'll see what happens. This show is so shallow and yet so deep. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So we talked about poor Hal leaving, um... And then all of this stuff came out with F.P. Um, Everyone now knows he's a serpent. Let's talk about the complex character that is Forsyth P. Jones II or Junior. So the last episode, which we did not have the opportunity to talk about, it was really focused on Jughead and his relationship with his dad. Mm -hmm. And the way we were really introduced in depth to F.P. is pretty much as a drunk, maybe an alcoholic um, living in this ramshackle. I'm just going to say it's a trailer, but I'm stereotyping right now um, with nothing in it, but a big old TV. He can't hold down a job. He couldn't get through the day without getting drunk. So that was where we first saw FP. And then this week, we see fp back as the leader of the serpents really being in control he's in the white worm being completely in his faculties not drunk um, it really seems confusing to me as a viewer as who's the real fp
0: mhm mhm
1: i totally agree
0: i you know i i, I don't know if that it, as we get closer to the mystery being solved as a viewer and as a character, we start to see FP come to the understanding that you know, all of the dirt around uh, Jason Blossom's death will soon uh, be brought into the light, that he's starting to reel himself in a little bit more And, you know, Mm -hmm. try to regain some semblance of control because he realizes that, you know, once everything comes to light, that his son is going to learn some things about him that he's not particularly proud of. Um, And maybe by him sort of uh, finally gaining some control of his faculties, like you mentioned, um, maybe he's trying to, you know, think around the problem, think about how he can... Um, you know, keep the secret or keep his son out of harm's way. But at the same time, he's smart enough or duplicitous enough, depending on how you want to look at it, um, to hold on to Jason's jacket, um, which mm-hmm. he, he managed to get his hands on before the car caught fire and has been holding on to it. And then to tell Joaquin that, you know, this is their insurance policy um, an insurance policy against what I'm not really sure but obviously there you know fp is a multifaceted very um he's a multifaceted individual and yeah. there are layers to him that you know we the show is is having a lot of fun with and I'm having a lot of fun with um uh, the reveal that he's not Nobody really, but he especially is not what they seem at first. You know, we we see him, like you mentioned, as, you know, sort of a falling down drunk who can't hold himself together. But as the mystery goes on and as the show goes on and as we get closer to a resolution, we're learning that that's not really who he is. That's Mm -hmm. maybe what people in in Riverdale and on the South Side expect of him um, because of the, the circumstances that he found himself in. But that's not really who he is. And I'm starting to wonder if it's, sort of a situation where um, just like with Jughead and go- going back to that whole Jughead and Archie and going back to the mirroring that happens between Jughead and Archie's relationship and FP and Fred's relationship, if what we're really starting to see is that even though FP seems like the person who was the ne'er-do-well, that maybe as teenagers he was actually the one keeping Fred on the straight and narrow and ho- helping Fred stay together um, mm. very much in the way that Jughead does that for Archie.
1: I like that idea. I like that a lot. I like that. Um, and I agree. FP is very complex because we do see, um, you know, the, re- the reveal that Joaquin is basically catfishing Kevin Keller yeah. at, um, at um, FP's behest. You know, you have to know he has a bigger plan in motion that we have not been privy to. Um, we have to wonder— how did he get Jason's jacket? Um, because Jughead and Betty were at the car. We know someone was looking from the woods. Maybe um, FP had Joaquin following Betty and Jughead around because he found out they've been investigating the murder and he wants to know what they know. Um, kind of the same way he has Joaquin um Glued to the hip with Kevin as possibly a way to know how much does Sheriff Keller know about the murder. Um, so it kind of is leading us to believe if he's not involved, he's involved somewhat, maybe if he didn't actually do the deed himself. Um, there's just so, so much that could be happening that is definitely keeping me intrigued.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure i was saying that i was only going to hold on until polly showed up but then polly showing up you know revealed a whole bunch <laughs> of other stuff so i guess I, i'm in for i'm in for at least until the end of the season
1: yeah definitely because we have to we have to know I, you can't stop before you get the veronica mars reveal of who actually did it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um although i so don't we think ta- we're gonna find out this season who did it i'm i i have to, oh i don't know if i could if i can keep going <laughs> I I can keep going if this isn't brought to a resolution. Oh, gosh, that would that would take a lot out of me. That would take a lot out of me. Um, So let's see. We talked about FP and Joaquin. I'm very interested in this whole. Joaquin, Kevin thing, because I felt so bad for him. He seems like he really likes Kevin. He
0: does really like Kevin. And he, I think he didn't expect himself to like Kevin as much as he does. And they mm-hmm. have this very easy, very easygoing, very natural sort of flirtation between them. And I mean, he already has a nickname for Kevin. He calls him Preppy. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's obvious that there's some, some genuine affection there. And you know, and I don't think he expected that. And again, I think that that's going to be something that is going to come into play and really is going to affect either, you know, the 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 ultimate reveal of the story whenever it finally mm-hmm. happens, or we're going to find out that, you know, maybe he, the only reason that he found himself in with the serpents anyway, um, maybe because he had very few options or maybe they had some sort of dirt on him and that's why they sort of got him to um, implicate or to, to, to sort of, um, come up with the idea of him getting involved with Kevin in the first place. Uh, maybe him getting involved with Kevin, getting Kevin involved with what's going on in the serpents. They could use that as some sort of leverage or some sort of entryway to getting the sheriff's department to do what they want
1: them mm-hmm. to do or to
0: leave them alone. Um, oh, they're going to
1: set Kevin up. like They, they are set Kevin they're up.
0: totally going to set Kevin up and it's going to be horrible to watch. Oh
1: man. Now I'm a little excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many possibilities. Maybe they need us in the writer's room. (laughs) I think they need us in the writer's room. Okay. One of the last things that happened this um, episode, Archie was really trying to find out who was sabotaging his dad's work site. He thought it was the serpents. Turns out, according to FP, it is not. And in the last scene, we see um, FP show up with his crew of, I'm going to affectionately call them thugs, (laughs) who are going to work with Fred. um, And FP reveals to Hermione that he found out someone from Montreal had contacted those persons to sabotage Fred's work site and she is assuming that it's Hiram Mm -hmm. and we have to kind of think about why would Hiram want to sabotage his own work site? And there could be many theories of that. First of all, just being simply the most simple one is that he's jealous because Veronica might've told him that Fred and Hermione are dating. Mm -hmm. But that seems a little bit simplistic for this, this show.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I think that,
0: um, ultimately the whole thing about the, 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 all of the real estate skullduggery that's going on, um, is kind of a front for a larger story that we might find out more about, or might be the launching ground or the launching pad for another, um, storyline in season 2 but ultimately i think that what this is is not just that that veronica ratted out her mom to her dad um you know it seems it seems counterintuitive that hiram would want to ruin something that he has already invested in um and i think that either he's going to get some sort of he has some sort of um, benefit or he will benefit somehow financially, even if this, this project doesn't come to fruition. Um, mm-hmm. it, cause otherwise it just doesn't make any sense. And I feel like they're setting Hiram up who we still don't know if he's been casted or at least they're not releasing, um, that he's been casted. Um, I don't know if they're setting this up as, you know, Hiram is sort of like this, Svengali, who's got his hands in everything, and he's ultimately the person controlling um, everything in Riverdale and beyond Montreal, apparently, um, Mm -hmm. because he's got his hands in everything and he can make people do whatever it is he wants to do, even from within the, the, the walls of the prison. So I, you know, I... I kind of feel like that the whole thing about Hiram wanting to um, ruin the Sodale development or ruin Andrews's company is much deeper than um, him just wanting to do anything having to do with Fred Andrews. I think Fred Andrews is just kind of in caught in the crossfire caught caught in the crossfire. I don't think mm-hmm. it's about Fred. I think ultimately it's about him wanting to scare off. Hermione uh, wanting to protect uh, Veronica because he's into some serious, you know what? And he's finding out that unless he, you know, tries to scare off his daughter and scare off his wife, that they're going to be in danger. And I think that that's all that this is about. It has nothing to do with Fred Andrews, has nothing to do with even the mayor necessarily, although she's probably implicated somehow because she's Robin Givens. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but I think this is really this whole thing with the Sodale development is really more about him trying to protect Veronica and Hermione because you know something shady is going on, and as they get closer and closer to the reveal, um, you know it's very very possible that his his daughter and his wife are going to end up seriously hurt, if not killed.
1: Oh, I hope not. And you have to wonder about Clifford Blossom and his interest in the land. Mm -hmm. Even if he's not sabotaging Fred, maybe we don't know what's been going on between Hiram and Clifford. Right. um, And the fact that Clifford said this is where they started their maple business. And, you know, if that is where they started the maple business, then... Hal family is interested in that land, too, because great-great-grandpa Cooper was in business with the Blossoms, right. allegedly. So there's it seems to be there's so much tied up in this land, this land development, that we just don't know anything about. And then also the company that Hiram had originally wanted to give the bid to got shafted. Mm-hmm. We don't know who these people are. So there's a lot going on there. So I think we... Decided the the episode in itself was you know pretty wont womp, but it asked it made us ask a lot of questions. It definitely moved the story forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even if we weren't completely entertained, we're more entertained talking about it. Yeah, I mean
0: it's one of those episodes that on the surface when you start watching it, it's like this is boring, but the more that you think about it and you think about. You know, it's not checkers, it's chess. So Mm -hmm. they're just, you know, they're being very, very strategic. And you're not really learning anything new necessarily. um, But it sets the wheels in motion. It sets the wheels inside your brain spinning because it it makes you wonder about all of the possibilities of what could
1: happen. Definitely. So next week in the previews, we see um, it's winter. There's some type of winter event with the blossoms um, and we see Cheryl inviting Archie to be her date. And um, I think that there has been some allusion to some type of relationship between Cheryl and Archie towards the beginning of the series. There were some some exchange looks between them. Um that led me to believe that there's more to, to them than, than we see. But we see Archie and Cheryl at a dinner. Archie has on one of his bow ties, which really brought me back to the comics. And we actually see a, a quick shot of Cheryl and Archie kissing. So um, once again, the show has me hooked by showing me what's going to happen next week.
0: Yeah, it's gonna. I didn't get to see the previews because I watch it on Netflix, so um, you know I don't really have any comment on that other than it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, it definitely will be. So, people of color, this episode.
0: Saw your best friend.
1: We saw Pop picking up <laughs> a coffee cup because that's what he do. That's what he does. He's there to serve. <laughs> He's there to serve the, teen, serve the teenagers of Riverdale. Um, we saw Valerie mm-hmm. briefly. Do we like Valerie and Archie together? Are we still happy with this?
0: I still have, they're coasting on the warm and fuzzy feelings that I have on that that very brief series of co- the comic series that they did where Archie and Valerie got together and then they end up getting married and then they had a kid. So mm-hmm. for me, they're just sort of coasting on the warm and fuzzy feelings that I got from, from that comic. But they're both just sort of, They're ciphers and they don't really have any characterization of their
1: own. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say, Valerie is definitely my favorite pussycat. Yeah. And when I go to Universal Fan Con, I will be cosplaying her. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I am. I'm going, I'm going with my two boys and my youngest son has already told me he's going to be Jughead. My oldest son says he's going to be Archie and I'm going to be Valerie. Oh, that's great. We already have a plan. So we <laughs> saw them. We always see Veronica and Hermione representing representing the Latinas. And we had Joaquin. And I think that was about it this episode. Yeah, I think so. That was it. No Josie, no no Mayor Givens. We know her. We know her real name, but she's just Robin Givens. She's always (laughs) going to be Robin Givens. Um, So our last, our last thing, who do we think killed Jason Blossom? Has anything changed for you after watching this last episode? Yeah,
0: I think it's time for me to let go my theory that Hal is the one who pulled the trigger. But I still think Hal is involved. I think he's an Mm -hmm. accomplice. I don't think that he's the one who actually killed um, Jason anymore. Um, I, um... In terms of who's implicated now, I, I honestly don't know. Now my theories are starting to shift toward Joaquin and mm-hmm. um, somebody in the serpents that we haven't yet met. Um, but I don't have anything or any fully formed theories to support anything that I believe. So yeah, I, I don't have any. I, I've shifted. I just haven't chosen a new, uh, a, a new person to, to point the finger at.
1: Well, you know, I'm thinking of that um, that the murder on the Orient Express with um, Hercule Perot, um trying to solve that murder, and it turns out, like, 13 people did it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what I'm feeling. So much was done to Jason Blossom's body. He was beaten. He was frozen. He was tied up. He was shot. It could have definitely been, like, maybe— Hal ran into him in the woods and kicked his ass and Mm -hmm. Jason, and then he left and then somebody else got Jason and did something. So you really, it's hard to know. Um, So my people were, I said it was FP with help from Joaquin, almost like it was a mistake. So I'm going to stick with that convoluted theory. Um, I still, my second choice were the blossom parents. And then I said, Grandma Rose. (laughs) Grandma Rose and her dementia, she can't hardly see. She might have thought Jason was someone else. She stumbled upon him tied up in her wheelchair and thought it was an intruder. I don't know. But I'm just going to throw Grandma Rose in there because why not? (laughs) She's been on the show twice. She's a suspect.
0: You know, I actually just thought of something and it has nothing to do about who did it or why. Um, But at the beginning of the show, when Jughead was doing his voiceover um, and he was in Pop's chocolate shop, there were two shots of him. One of them was him sitting at the counter um, working on his story. And another Mm -hmm. one was him sitting in the chocolate shop um, in a booth that was slightly behind Jason and Polly. And he was watching them. So I think Jughead knows more than he's letting on. Or he's been suspicious. I saw that, too. He's been suspicious. I that, too. So I don't know if he had anything to do with it. But just that there are no throwaway shots on this show. So Mm -hmm. that obviously meant something. So Jughead is is now on my list of people who is somehow implicated in what happened.
1: And, you know, it could have been as... As simple as Jughead went home and he was talking to his mom about what happened at the chocolate shop, and he overheard this argument, and that put FP onto Jason as a possible drug mule. Oh, Who maybe? knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? This show. <laughs> this dang show. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. So. This is it for us. We have talked it to death this week. We have talked it literally to death. We um, obviously we
0: overthink be- everything.
1: <laughs> yes, because we're we're women. We're smart <laughs> women who think about stuff. So, you can catch the pretty little Riverdale podcast on iTunes on soundcloud stitcher anywhere where you can find quality podcasts you will find this one and um i am c you can catch me on twitter at Citaline c t a l l e e n tell them where they can find you successfully
0: i'm cecily you can find me on twitter at skeskley that is at s-k-e-s-k-a-l-i
1: All right. Well, we will be here next week talking another episode to death, chapter nine, (laughs) next week. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.